0: calendar for the next zone golf scramble.
1: Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
2: Honestly, this is uh, probably the best weather we've had in a few years for Wisconsin Farm Technology Days, which wraps up today just outside of Baraboo. Morning, everybody. Fabulous Farm Bay, Pam Youngke. Glad to be along with you. Thank you again to all of the folks that uh, helped us out with Wisconsin Farm Technology Days. We had a wonderful time Tuesday and Wednesday, and again the show continues today from 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. Now, for today, temperatures maybe just a tad cooler than yesterday. You're still going to enjoy 80 degrees under partly sunny skies. Tomorrow, sunshine 81. Saturday, sunshine and 84. Sunday, we get a little bit warm, 85, and we're well into the upper 80s next week. Stu Mucker Ag Meteorologist has got weather details in just a moment. Don't forget, it's a Thursday. That means Mike North from EverAg is going to be along for the ride as well.
3: Whether it's finally getting that blue ribbon or enjoying too many carnival rides, we all have memories of the fair. Here's your chance to share those stories in our Everybody Has a Fair Story contest. The Midwest Farm Report is teaming up with the Wisconsin Association of Fairs as they celebrate 100 years of fairs to share the fair story. Entries are being accepted all summer long, and there are cash prizes. To enter and see full contest details, visit MidwestFarmReport.com.
4: Did you know that Wisconsin is third in potato production? In fact, Wisconsin harvests several billion pounds of potatoes every year. Coming to you from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Nate Zimdars. I spoke with Donald Maum, sustainability manager for Awesome Farms and Produce, about the current outlook for the potato season given the dry weather affecting the state. Donald, can you share what the outlook for the potato season is at this time?
5: I would say at this time, I'd still say promising. We're 100% irrigated on our farm, so with irrigation, uh, the plants have have been maturing on schedule. Uh, In July and August, the tubers will be pulling more moisture from the soil, so we hope we can keep up with their needs. Uh, We do plant different varieties to spread the risk, but uh, we're seeing some varieties showing heat stress responses, such as lower tuber sets and heat runners. This may result in lower yields than expected, but uh, hopefully we'll still get it, at least an average yield.
4: And for our listeners who are not as familiar, can you tell us how long is the typical season?
5: Yeah, so uh, here in Wisconsin, it's pretty much the same as some of the other grains. So we'll try to plant in mid-April, and uh, the season will run all the way up until frost. So pretty much April to October is a a typical potato growing season. We do have to harvest and get done before we get a hard freeze because that's the end of the season.
4: Sure, and how often does it happen where you have a hard freeze before you're able to get all those potatoes out of the ground?
5: It does happen. Uh, we farm close to 3,000 acres of potatoes. So it, uh, it does happen. Last year, we got everything out. The year before, we did get caught by a freeze because we couldn't get into the fields. But uh, it, it does happen, but it, it's not a, a normal occurrence.
4: You had mentioned earlier that you are irrigating all of your fields, but outside of irrigation, what is some other general care that needs to be done to maintain the large potato fields you're working with?
5: Well, potatoes are a lot like people, so they're made up of 70% water, they breathe oxygen, they need food, they need water to survive. So the, the large fields are a little more variable in structure, so sometimes they'll have multiple soil types or different elevations, uh, even the history of the previous use of that field. We use crop scouts to physically look at, for pests and diseases weekly, and we also use technology to help us manage uh, when they're not there. So on these fields, um, sometimes we even use drones They can kind of help us see how extensive a problem area that the scouts may have seen, just uh, how extensive the the problem may be. Uh, We use satellites and now we have cameras on the pivots that'll show us moisture deficits or surpluses. They'll show us disease plants or even insect feeding. And so the, the combination of all these things helps us see what's happening in the whole field at any given time. This is nice for these really big fields. Um, Most of our fields, we actually get notifications sent to our phones when an irrigator stops or insects are detected. And all these tools, they'll, they'll help us make and prioritize the best decisions for the care of the field.
4: With the irrigation you have implemented, are you facing any kind of challenges from the dry weather we're currently experiencing, or are you guys in a pretty good position?
5: Well, doing okay Uh, some of these big fields the pivot takes a long time to get around so it's been so hot that one of our concerns would be to make sure that the the water does get around in time before the field dries out but it's really sandy and so that that would be one of the things that does get affected by the the fact that these fields are big and getting those pivots to get around to to get those potatoes watered.
4: Is there any chance that this dry weather could affect when potatoes will ultimately be harvested?
5: Uh, Yeah with the irrigation it we tried Take the moisture issues out of the equation and maintain a normal harvest schedule. And usually with these dry conditions, it, it's heat, and that causes potatoes to grow faster and can shorten the season. Uh, but on the other hand, the internal temperature when we harvest should be below 65 when we harvest. So we can only harvest a few hours every morning or, or start harvesting at night, and that could prolong the amount of time it takes to harvest. So it, you know that can actually increase our harvest time. But overall, I, I think the time that we harvest, the, the dry weather will kind of shorten the season a little bit.
4: Outside of the issues with dry weather, are there any insects or diseases that are currently affecting the potato crop or that you're on the lookout for?
5: Right now, because Wisconsin had a mild winter, that allowed more of the Colorado potato beetles to survive. And as expected, uh, we, we do have higher beetle numbers uh, than we did last year. And so far, it's been keeping the fungal diseases at bay because they need a little more moisture to survive. Uh, so, they, those we haven't been seeing much of. We do expect below the ground, we do expect to see things like scab developing on the skins of potatoes. Really likes the uh, dry weather and seems to flourish with the uh, inconsistent watering. So if the potato fields dry out before the irrigator gets back, uh, they get a uh, wet-dry, wet-dry, and mm-hmm. um, that's a uh, favorable conditions for scab. On sandy soils that dry out more quickly, the, the heat sometimes before that irrigator gets around, it, it's the temperature of the soil can actually burn the plants. Uh, there was a little of that, but uh, most of our plants were already out of the ground before uh, that was happening. As a large producer of fresh Dark potatoes, it's really very concerning that we have these high nighttime temperatures because that is going to make us start looking for peat necrosis, internal brown spot, deformed tubers, growth cracks, hollow heart. All of these things uh, are affected when the weather is is too dry. And so that's uh, a those are the things that we're going to be looking out for this year.
4: And what kind of tools do you have in your toolbox to tackle some of those issues that might come from either insects or diseases?
5: Well, we do have our crop scouts and all the other tools that I mentioned before that uh, we, we look for these things and uh, we just try to counteract them. A lot of the, we do use pesticides to, to help with the insects and really, and, and fungicides to help combat the, any fungi that develops. So we do have those and really it's just keeping an eye on things to, to see if any problems arise and we, we have the means to do that.
4: Outside of those challenges, are there any other challenges that you are currently facing right now?
5: Labor is always a challenge. If we can't get enough field truck drivers, it, the, the slowdown makes us run the risk of getting caught by a freeze. So we got to keep the, get enough truck drivers in here to get the crop out of the field. I know the biggest challenge right now is just keeping those irrigators running. Uh, More runtime means more chances that they'll break down. So the repairs have to be made really quickly to keep the plants from stressing. And currently this uh, wildfire smoke coming down from Canada, uh, Wisconsin has the worst air quality in the nation right now. And, And this is really unhealthy for our crop scouts that have to be out there for any length of time. So that's another big concern right now.
4: Also awesome has several different farm locations where they're working with potatoes. Are the conditions quite different between the different locations, or is it pretty similar across the board right now?
5: Uh, right now, I, I think they're fairly similar. Uh, we do have the location near Spring Green and the other one up in Adams County, which is closer to the Central Sands area but uh, they're experiencing some of the same things we are, but they have gotten a little bit more rain than we have.
4: That was Donald Maum, sustainability manager for Awesome Farms and Produce, sharing the current outlook for the potato season and some of the different challenges that they're experiencing, some of which you and I probably didn't even realize that they had to deal with. Coming to you from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Nate Zimdars. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
6: What BioVet does, and where the livestock producer gets their benefit, is our technology helps them with the things that they sometimes don't even know they're missing out on. Not just worrying about animals when they're sick, but trying to keep them as healthy and happy as possible as well. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com.
7: I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I I didn't think I'd survive, but I did ask for help and Covenant House was there for me.
0: One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there.
3: Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed.
0: Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking
4: challenges and have a brighter future.
3: They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today.
0: If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today.
6: Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settler's Bank, your local independent bank. We're the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team
8: blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit settlerswi.com.
2: Timely decisions, people you know. Remember
8: FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.
1: From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
2: Uh, well, we're running ahead of schedule this morning. That's good news because that'll give us more time to catch up with our friend Mike North, uh, one of the principal owners and operators of the... Ever Ag, we've got a lot of things that are happening as far as dairy is concerned, not many of which are anything good. Let's talk weather and see if we can get some good news there. Time for Stumacher Ag Meteorologist to check in. Uh, a little early this morning, but I'll tell you, uh, the dust was flying for the past couple of days at Wisconsin Farm Technology Days just outside of Baraboo too. I'm guessing that there hasn't been, well, maybe there were some sprinkles. Did anybody get rain? I haven't seen anything on our rainfall reports yet.
9: Oh, I've got lacrosse picked up a whole fourteen hundredths of an inch yesterday.
2: <laughs> well, that's probably why nobody's really talking about it. If if you don't have precise measuring equipment, maybe you didn't even notice it. So everybody's still a little bit on the dry side. Have we got rain in the forecast? Because boy, it sure looks like we're going to burn up a bit next week.
9: Oh, we're going to burn up. There's a couple of chances out there, Pam. You know the hit or miss stuff pops up in the afternoon. Could linger around. Just not a good soaker. Uh, last night at the farm tractor pulled up the Fond du Lac County Fair, talked to a few guys that indicated, yeah, we could use one of those, you know, get an inch of rain over the course of a day and, oh, do it again the next day because that moisture would be fantastic. All right, my chart just updated. Oshkosh had two-tenths of an inch yesterday. And Iola, home of the car show in Waupaca County, twenty eight hundredths of an inch. Not a whole lot more to talk about than that but there has been at least a little scattered shower activity here and there. Cool dropping through eastern, especially southeast Wisconsin this morning. The radar indicates a few scattered showers south of Bondelec on Washington County, I'd expect, heading toward West Bend, and some activity way up in northeast Wisconsin. Otherwise, the activity is all pulling away, and I expect that we're in for a drier day. Not quite so warm as it's been. That's probably some good news. We had those temps well up into the 80s again yesterday for almost everybody. A little bit cooler today, a little more manageable, certainly sounding like good news. But the warmth does return. Pam kind of indicated she's heard it too. But as we look to next week and start to talk about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're talking mid and upper 80s and then 90s by Tuesday and Wednesday. Very warm summertime weather with that kind of heat building in that possibility for a little pop-up shower or thunderstorm does become a possibility. You know, not a big widespread rainmaker, but a chance,
0: at least now and again,
9: a little light rain could fall, you know, the kind of steams when it hits the blacktop or the concrete. That, unfortunately, is about all we've got to talk about. There's that small chance yet today as that cool front pulls away from the state that at least in the south and east there may be a little scattered shower or storm activity in the next couple of hours today. And otherwise, then we dry it out, and the temperatures just begin to warm. Today, the cooler day of the week, and then starting to warm up by Friday, Saturday, Sunday, with the heat and scattered shower chance possibility. First of all, talking about a little later Saturday or Saturday evening. Could be later Sunday afternoon into Sunday evening. Very scattered, hit-or-miss type showers develop. Not going to amount to much for rainfall. Wish there's better news, because that heat's going to turn on for next week without a doubt. I'll have our forecast details right after this.
2: All righty, Stu, we'll take a break, and hopefully you'll find a little bit clearer sell signal. More with Stu in a moment. At
8: Compure Financial, we're defined by you, your hopes for the future as well as what you need today. As a local member-owned cooperative, you shape how we serve agriculture and rural communities. As a partner and part of your community, we're here for you with personalized service and expertise you can rely on. Contact your local Compure Financial team at 844-426-6733 or visit compure.com slash you for your lending and other financial needs. Compure Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.
0: I've got some cheese goods that I'm willing to share. Then I want to ride that giant slide over there. So if you've got 11 days to spare, won't you come with me? To the Wisconsin State Fair. should come with me to the Wisconsin. The great state
7: of Wisconsin. State Fair. There's something for everyone at the Wisconsin State Fair presented by US
0: Cellular August third through the thirteenth.
2: Oh, looking forward to that for sure. Let's find out a few more details about the weather forecast. Dumuk, back along with us.
9: All right, Pam. Well, you know, I, I commented a little yesterday. Every cornfield I've driven by here about, oh, the last three or four days, that corn growing straight up, doing its best to really grow right now after some moisture. Unfortunately, I'd say that's going to start to change next week unless we get some more good rains. That little scattered shower chance in the south and east yet this morning, and otherwise, I'd look forward to a mostly sunny day. Not so hot, more comfortable, a lot of upper 70s, maybe an eighty. Southwest winds becoming northwest all across the state, 5 to 15. They could gust near 25 a little later. Overnight, a clear sky as we drop back into the upper 50s. The north winds at 5 to 10. A sunny day for Friday. Still sounds very nice for July. Low 80s for almost all of us. The northwest winds at 5. Sunny on Saturday. That's slight chance for a shower isolated storm on midday or in the afternoon you know when things start to warm up in the day i think we're still talking about the lower maybe a mid 80 84 85 degrees and the winds will be northwest about five to ten kind of the same story Pam. that slight chance of a shower later sunday But mid-80s and next week, it really does look like the 90s are going to return.
2: Boy, I've got to already feel sympathies for anybody going to the county fairs next week. I know Rock County is on for sure. I'll have to take a look at the rest of my schedule because temperatures in the 90s, it doesn't make it comfortable or enjoyable for anybody regardless of where they're at.
9: As to the matter, and uh, everything runs differently.
2: Yeah. Right. All right, buddy. We'll let you go and hope that you get your technical issues resolved for tomorrow. Stumak, our ag meteorologist, joining us live this morning. Like we said, uh, just uh, if you're going to be out and about even today, although we aren't going to be in the 90s, we're still plenty dry. Did notice some folks yesterday that were definitely seeking out shelter, a little bit of a shade where they could, and definitely making sure to stay hydrated. That's a big part of uh, the battle. Don't forget, if you did see any rain, you're welcome to give us that information on our talk text line. It's 877-301-FARM, 877 3276 I heard rumors that some folks had started their winter wheat harvest. How's that going for you? I'm sure that a lot of folks curious about test weights, uh, maybe a little bit on yield. What are you observing? Don't be afraid to share that, 877 301-FARM-877-301-3276. It's the final day of Wisconsin Farm Technology Days. You know, we talk a lot about the technology, the the uh, equipment side of things. But there's also an element for the youth. In fact, I was talking with some of the folks that are providing hands-on learning for young people, and they're getting between uh, 5 and 550 kids every day that are doing these hands-on projects at Wisconsin Farm Technology Days. Charity Seebecker caught up with a couple 12-year-olds that are part of the educational experience at Wisconsin Farm Technology Days in the equestrian area, uh, that's going to be coming up in just a little bit. And as I said, we've got Mike North, Commodity Specialist and Principal Owner with Ever Ag out of Platteville, joining us to break down exactly what's going on with our dairy complex. Stick around.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I
3: think... The collaboration that we see between Wisconsin Farm Bureau and these other commodity groups gives us a cohesive message, a singular stance in agriculture that offers credibility. It gives us a cohesive message and support for all of our agricultural organizations.
0: WFBF.com. It's easy to join. A voice for farmers. A vision for agriculture.
4: Wisconsin
2: I don't want to go to bed at night dreading waking up in the morning knowing that I'm going to feel like a rusty lawn chair, getting out of bed and getting
0: opened up and not being able to really move for a couple hours really throughout the day. For former college and pro
4: football player Bobby Carpenter and those dealing with daily aches and pains, QC Kinetic's regenerative
2: pain treatments are a game changer, providing long-lasting relief. Go into a specific joint, a specific region, and then help promote that healing process using your own body's mechanisms to heal. I mean, that's been something that's pretty powerful and there's no surgery, there's no downtime.
4: QC Kinetics natural treatments help the body heal and restore itself.
2: No more rusty lawn chair. It's no surprise to see people being willing to try this first, especially when it has such great
4: results. Pain relief the natural way. QC Kinetics. Call today for your complimentary consultation. Find out if you're a good candidate for treatment.
0: Call QC Kinetics. 608-319-1750. That's 608-319-1750. 608-319-1750
4: Hi, it's Preston from Window World and although I'd love to talk your ear off about windows, today's all about doors. Your front door can say a lot about you. Window World specializes in turning a bland entrance into a grand entrance. We have top quality products, a variety of paint and stain options, and certified factory trained installers. It's a no-brainer. Visit us at windowworldmadison.com.
10: How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A Skincare Minute with Skincare Expert, Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal filler such as Juvederm which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer.
6: Let your natural
10: beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsalkprairie.com.
8: The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They totally wreck your bathroom, swindle you out of a ton of money, then disappear into the dark of night. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full service design and remodeling company who completes the job as promised, is cost conscious, then leaves you with a sweet thank you note. Swipe right and let's get the conversation started with a free consultation. ActuateLLC.com. Design, create, actuate.
2: Pest control? You've got a guy for that. Car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you, or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh? That needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry, affordable and local. William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come.
6: William Thomas Custom Jewelry, your inspiration, your custom jeweler.
2: While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman membership and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result.
4: Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit W.E.DaviesRemodeling.com. At Bergstrom Automotive, we
8: have a non-commissioned sales team, which is a polite way to say we don't really care whether you buy a practical Equinox, the rugged Silverado, or the speedy new Corvette. <laughs> You've been told no before. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. At Bergstrom Automotive, we teach our people to take no out of the vocabulary. Is no in your vocabulary? Uh, no. No isn't a thing at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. Join the-
0: So Rob, speaking of Aaron Jones, uh, he wasn't even raked. So the you know the NFL executives, scouts, players, et cetera, et cetera, are putting their like top tens out there. Uh, Aaron Jones was not given a top ten position for the running backs. Uh, agree or disagree? Aaron Jones not in the top ten. Well, the first thing I say to Packer fans out there is, who cares? You know. Well, also, the, the, it's you know the middle of July. Yep, these lists. These lists are, <laughs> are these lists are are silly. They're goofy. They're 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 ways to drive traffic on July nineteenth and you know June tenth on on these websites that that have nothing else to publish about the National Football League at, at that point in time. Number two, you no, know, Aaron Jones is probably a top five running back at, at the end of the day, Evo. Um, and forget top ten; he's probably a top five. And and I wrote this last week. You know he's. He's three. People don't realize this, you know, because because he's a quiet kid. Uh, He does all the right things. He, he's a terrific leader. He doesn't make noise when when Lafleur forgets about him, and he gets seven carries in a game and stuff like that. And he should be squawking, or where a lot of guys would be squawking. Aaron Jones is the consummate pro and doesn't say anything. Uh, but, but Evo, he's, he's three really good years away and, and not even really good. He's three solid seasons away from becoming the Packers all time rush leader. Um, and I don't think people know that he's, he's kind of, he's one of these guys that has fucked the odds. He got that second contract. Now I know he renegotiated this year and he's playing for less than what he was, what was originally going to, going to play for, uh, this season and what the contract was signed for. Um, you know, but, uh. But Evo, he he is one of these rare backs that, that got the second contract. Forget the fact he's one of the most explosive, you know, uh r- runners in the league and, and really one of the more explosive runners we've seen in the last thirty or forty years. He he, he ranks in some of these statistical categories right now, Evo, with the Adrian Petersons and, and the Jim Browns of the world when we start to talk about uh, you know, how many yards he has in yards per carry and, and the amount of touchdowns in his first six seasons and things like that. So let's, you know, you, you look at that number one, Evo, but then number two, throw on the fact that the kid caught 60 passes last year. And I remember at the start of the year, uh, you know, Rogers was in his locker one day and he was talking about how, you know, they had just lost Devonte Adams and they were going to, they were going to have to get 50 catches last year out of Aaron Jones. And, and he kind of finished up. And I said to Rogers, you're, you're going to need more than 50. I said, I think, I think you're going to need 60 to 70. And, and Rogers goes, let me. He goes, yeah, he goes, you're probably right. He goes, that, that's a really good number, maybe 60 to 70. Well, he ended up catching 60. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a dynamic pass catcher, Evo. I mean, he really, really is. You, you throw in the fact he's he's brilliant between the tackles, and when he gets outside, forget about it. He's turned into probably one of the top five pass catching running backs in the league as well. So, in, in any of these goofballs that want to put together these lists and <laughs> you know and, and 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 throw on you know throw on, I, I'm not even going to name names who shouldn't be on there, but, but 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 put some of these people ahead of Aaron Jones. They are they are way. You know that they are they are really missing the boat, Ebo, and they need to go watch more Aaron Jones. Well, it's crazy because these are executive players, coaches, and scouts that are putting together these lists, uh, Rob, which is is wild to me. But uh, Aaron Jones uses it as motivation. You got something to say, Roddy?
6: No, I'm just saying, Rob, and that's the thing. Like you look at this Packers offense coming up this year, who's the biggest playmaker on the roster? It for the Packers, it's clearly Aaron Jones. Whether that's running the football or getting them
0: the ball in space or him catching the football. Uh, Aaron Jones if you're going just based off of production and who's probably going to be the best offensive player for you he does deserve probably the biggest offensive contract. Here's what's killed him though I think in the eyes of stealth and maybe some people around the league and, and 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 don't forget we live in a fantasy football world too so some of the so you know so so I mean uh, for example you know I I'm, I'm a huge fan of Najee Harris in Pittsburgh if you watch that kid run uh, for example, and he's played behind probably one of the five worst offensive lines in football the, the the last two, three seasons. Uh but but that guy is an all-time absolute stud. He's a terrific football player. He's a, he's an all-time baller. He really is. And, and he's only averaging four yards in his a carry in his career and, and, and some of his numbers aren't great because he plays behind that garbage offensive line in Pittsburgh. So the majority of the fan base out there will tell you Najee Harris you know, isn't a great running back, which is comical because if he played on a on a high level offense like let's say in Kansas City or Philly, he'd be killing it. My point with that is, you know, Aaron Jones falls in a similar boat sometimes, guys, because the the the, the past quarterback and Matt Lafleur have forgotten about him too many times yeah. in the team.
1: You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. Lots
2: of sexy tractors on hand at Wisconsin Farm Technology Days. The state's largest outdoor agriculture event concludes this afternoon 4 p.m. at the Badger Steam and Gas Engine Club Grounds just outside of Baraboo. Pam Yankee, glad you're along with us. Thank you so much to everybody that stopped by while we were broadcasting uh, Tuesday and Wednesday at the big show. It is a reunion of its own, Wisconsin Farm Technology Days, and I'll tell you the Weather is really cooperated all the way around. Today it's going to be a warm one around 80 degrees. Tomorrow, sunshine 81. Saturday, for my Farm Bay Boogie Tractor Parade, we'll touch out at 85. Sunday, 85. Next week is really going to be sticky. Uh, we'll see temperatures climb into the 90s. So today is the 20th day of July. What can I tell you? On this day back in 1969, Apollo 11 landed on the moon. Buzz Aldridge, And Neil Armstrong would become the first two humans to walk on the moon. They landed on the Sea of Tranquility on the moon this day back in 1969. On this day in 1976, Hammer and Hank Aaron hit his 755th and last home run at Milwaukee County Stadium. They were playing against the California Angels. Happened on this day back in 1976. Happy birthday to singer songwriter Carlos Santana, 76 years young today. Sandra O, oh, actress, is 52. And former Mrs. Brady Giselle Bunchen, she turns 43 today as well. Happy birthday. Well, a lot of happy folks at Wisconsin Farm Technology Days this week, including a lot of young people. You know, what people may forget is, yes, there's great technology. There's all kinds of different demonstrations, plenty of exhibitors, but there's also an element of youth that's active at Wisconsin Farm Technology Days. Yesterday, our own Charity Sebecker caught up with two young ladies that were doing a little trick riding to keep young people engaged in the show. Could you
3: hang off the side of a horse by one leg as it's running full speed? Well, two 12-year-old girls can do that and much more. I'm Charity Stevecker from the Midwest Farm Report. Maddie Gatrill and Liberty Cunningham are the Pegasus riders and compete in trick riding competitions across the U.S. They share some insight
11: into their life of how they learn to do this and what these tricks really look like. Trick riding is basically stunts on horseback and compared to English riding, well, it's a lot different because English is normally jumping or dressage. and It's a completely different saddle Um, and Western it's you still go like fast and stuff, but not all Westerns fast. And so it's kind of just its own thing. And it's really nothing else like it. How long have you been trick riding and how did you even get into it or learn how to do it? So, my mom was a trick rider and she was trick
7: riding with me when she was pregnant. But I really started trick riding when I was about three years old on a trick riding barrel that my dad made because he's a welder. So, I pretty much been trick riding
11: since I was three, and then I got my first pony when I was four, and I trick rode on her for quite a few years. I've been trick riding since I was eight so for four years now and I started because I saw who Maddie kind of grew up with her name is Bethany Isles and I go to the American Royal every year and my sister used to compete in it she's aged out now but she would compete every year and every year i would see the trick riders so after I was like years old and saw them for the first time I was like I want to do that and so every year after that I wanted to do that and then for Christmas um, when I was eight I got lessons and then I got to start I think in February or March so how long does it take you to learn a trick
3: maybe or what was your first trick you learned take me through how long it took you to learn that and how do you even
7: have the muscle to be able to hang off of your horse and climb back up pretty much every trick rider at least the people who like trained like we do we all learn the first four same tricks um we call them the foundations of trick riding you never really master a trick because you never like are completely satisfied because you could straighten your leg you could do whatever else to make it better so I think it took me like to be able to do it at like a run I think I was like four or five when I uh did like the step down which is what it's called or the
11: secret trick because it's the secret to all trick riding when i was like four or five i started with the same trick but i i guess i'm a really fast learner because it took me like one lesson to get it so can you tell me a, a little bit about the tricks you do and what do they look like i know
3: we can't see them through the radio but can you give me an idea or paint that picture for somebody
7: so one of the tricks that i do I have my strap down near my horse's stomach and I put my foot in there and the only thing that's keeping me in there is my foot is flexed and then I'm laying over my horse's saddle, so over their back. Um, while my horse is running around the arena and my
11: head is like a couple inches from the ground. One of my tricks I do is called the one foot and basically I'm standing on top of my horse with my my left foot is on the saddle in a strap and then my other leg is high up in the air and so I'm kind of like if I was more flexible I'd be in a needle and I'm doing that on top of the saddle while she's running. That was Maddie
3: Gatrell and Liberty Cunningham the Pegasus Riders trick riding team. You can watch them in action today at Farm Technology Days in Baraboo at the Badger Steam and Gas Engine Grounds. They perform at 10.45 a.m. and 1.30 p.m. So be sure to stop out at Farm Technology Days and don't miss it. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebacher.
6: What BioVet does, and where the livestock producer gets their benefit, is our technology helps them with the things that they sometimes don't even know they're missing out on. Not just worrying about animals when they're sick, but trying to keep them as healthy and happy as possible as well. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com.
2: You know, when the weather is beautiful in Wisconsin, boy, doesn't your to-do list get a little longer? You want to get the yard done. You want to make sure you're getting the garden taken care of. Me, I prioritize starting up the grill. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for Judy and the crew. Always ready for you at Bavaria Sausage. They're located at the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitch Rona Road in Fitchburg. Open Monday through Friday, 9 until 5. Or you can shop to your heart's content online 24-7 at Bavaria Sausage. And check out their Facebook page as well. You know, regardless of what kind of sausage you're looking for, they've got them at Bavaria Sausage sausage, Irish bangers, vice Wurst, red lagers or the Bockwurst, whatever your palate's looking for, they will provide it. And you know the other thing I don't mention are the sales. All you need to do is check out BavariaSausage.com, check out their sales section and you can actually save yourself some money when it comes to enjoying beautiful Wisconsin weather, the great outdoors, and of course grilling season in the state. Bavaria Sausage.
1: At the University of Wisconsin-Madison, agriculture is in our nature. It's where our research feeds our families, as well as our economy. Where we're not just growing our food, we're growing our futures. Where world-class education and innovation begin. Because you can't stop
0: a Badger.
2: Congratulations this morning to Gums Muck Farms in Endeavor. Compier Financial has announced that they are the 2023 Food and Agribusiness of the Year. Rod and Richard Gums bought the operation in the early 90s, becoming the fourth generation of farmers in the United States. Uh, Their great-grandfather immigrated from Germany in 1892 and started the family farm business on muck soil right there in the Endeavor area. Today, they're growing about 6,000 acres of onions, potatoes, carrots, and mint. They employ about 100 employees that help them package their potatoes and onions for retail consumption. They alone account for about 40% of Wisconsin's total onion production, and they handle about 20% of the state's fresh market red potatoes. Plus, they also distill their mint crop into oil for flavoring in things like chewing gum and toothpaste. Excellent selection. Gums Muck Farms in Endeavor the 2023 Food and Agribusiness of the Year. Congratulations, Rod and Rich. Well, in the markets this morning, we're still holding firm. We're still holding firm. Our corn, our soybeans, our wheat are firm. Dairy is a little on the soft side. Talking more about that with Mike North from EverAg in just a second. Currently, we've got December new crop corn up a nickel at 558. November beans, they're up 3 right now at 1411. September wheat is up 11 at 738 a bushel. By the way, don't forget if you've started to combine wheat. I'd love to know what your observations are. How is uh, the yield? What's the test weight look like? Any issues that you're noticing? You can use our talk text line to uh, keep me in the loop, if you will. That's 877-301-FARM. 877-301-3276. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained three quarters of a cent to 146.5, while 40 pound block cheese and double A butter both were unchanged. Looks like our fluid milk contracts are slipping again this morning after gains yesterday. August milk right now down 18 cents at 15.56, September down 16 cents at 16.25 100 weight. What's happening with our dairy complex and our international marketplace? Talking about that next with Mike North, one of the uh, proprietary owners of Ever Egg out of Platteville. He joins us live in just a minute. This
1: is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. We all make choices. When it comes to alcohol kids make choices whether to drink or not.
4: Bye, Dad. Bye-bye.
7: Remember, I'm going to Alex's party tonight
4: and sleeping over. Hey, have a seat for a second. Remind me about that party again.
1: And adults make choices whether to talk about it. That's true of parents and every other trusted adult in a kid's life. Kids want to know our expectations when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. They want guidance and honest answers to their questions and it makes a difference when the message is consistent and part of everyday conversations. So talk with your kids and help lead them on a positive path. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
10: Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A Skincare Minute with Skincare Expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at Prairie.com.
1: From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report, with Pam
2: Younghee, Time to take a stab at trying to cover what's uh, going on in the dairy complex. Many dairy producers at Farm Technology Days are uh, telling me they're not too thrilled about where milk prices stand, cost of operation, etc. Mike North, uh, one of the major investors owner operators of Evera got a Platteville joining us live this morning. So, let's uh let's try to dissect it here, Mike. Let's start off on the global scene. You had a global dairy trade auction that happened. Give me a little update on uh, whether or not we're seeing any uptick in demand domestically or globally.
12: Well, we did see some increased participation out of North Asia, so predominantly China, uh, as well as the Middle East. Ultimately, though, the GDT auction continued to trend lower Uh, And that has been a trend that has largely defined all of calendar 2023. We saw skim milk powder down nine-tenths of a percent. It finished at $1.14. Whole milk powder down uh, 1.6%. And those are what really carry the weight in that auction. And so by the time everything was all said and done, uh, the auction dropped more than a percentage point. Uh, The deflating piece of that whole auction, though, was cheese. Cheese fell nine point eight percent and finished $1.79. buck seventy nine. Now, as bad as that sounds, this is finally catching up with what the U.S. has already accomplished in the last several months. And so, the best way to say this is: while we have been in a largely divergent trend from global prices through the months of May and June, July would be defined as more of a convergent trend. And as the world prices are coming down to levels that we've already broke through, we are rising up to meet those levels as they fall. And so we've actually watched some great things happening on the U.S. front. And so to those dairymen that you talk to, I would offer some optimism here. Uh, Ultimately, if you go back to the end of June, we watched as our spot cheese price traded as low as $1.31. Now, in this type of away environment, the prices you're seeing on the board and the things you hear about, but that's real. This is a $12 to $13 milk market under that scenario. However, since the end of June, prices have risen 27 cents to finish yesterday in the spot session, 158.5, and, and there's a lot of things that contributed to that. We had a declining value of our currency. The dollar dropped 4%. We saw at that same time, a massive opportunity for cash and carry. In other words, you could buy cheese today, throw it in a warehouse, sell it on the same day for fall delivery and make 50 cents. There was opportunity to be had for anybody with warehouse capacity. And now we're starting to see a, a look from export buyers as they view us as the cheapest price point in the world. And that was true to the tune of about 60 to 70 cents on cheese. It's been true of about 20 cents on whey. We're seeing it, you know, kind of neck and neck and powder, but still carrying a little bit of an edge. And so we have now suddenly become the value proposition and exporters are eating that up. So as much as GDT was a little bit sour we are already moving in the opposite direction because we've done that already. We've been there. We saw the prices fall, and we've become the best game in town.
2: Mike North, along with us, he is one of the principals with EverEgg out of Platteville. I want to go back to what you mentioned at the outset, Mike, and that is that the action we saw, some of it was coming from China. Is it a lack of demand, or is it that China is actually producing its own milk supply enough to at least keep some of that uh, powder market filled?
12: Uh, they have continued to uh, grow their milk production. And if you follow that trend year over year, over year, over year, uh, for the last four, we've watched as Chinese production has continued to climb. Now, that margin of year over year growth has been narrowing of late as dairy producers in that country are also struggling. Uh, And so growth is definitely slowing down from a milk production perspective. But China has been establishing a fairly large pile of stocks over the course of the last couple of years just to try to prevent some of those supply chain issues that we've witnessed as we came out the back end of COVID. Um, But they've been winnowing those down, which is part of why their presence has been much uh, less than it was in the years that led up to COVID. Uh, But then at the same time, their economy is really struggling. I mean, let's not – uh, you know, beat around the bush on that one. They're in a hard spot. They they ultimately um, are expected to be struggling all the way out into Q2, Q3 of next year. And so if that's true, we should also expect that their demand for a lot of things will also be a bit sluggish and that will have some impact on us here. And that's part of why you're you're seeing all of these different trends uh, come together with regard to cow slaughter and declining production. We just, as a uh, as a marketplace, are getting the signal to produce less.
2: Right, and we, like you said, uh, our uh, U.S. dairy economy is kind of done some pretty quick action. Out of curiosity, what are you seeing as far as uh, slaughter rates on dairies? I mean, we talked about how many cows would have to go to market to help right the ship. Beef price is pretty attractive, Mike.
12: It absolutely is. You can sell a cow cow today for north of $1,200. It is an entirely great opportunity for anybody that is looking to get rid of a few cows right now And it has also been used as the exit button for those who have been kind of on the fence over the last couple of years. So we've been watching for the last four weeks as slaughter numbers have been uh, well north of of what we've seen in previous years uh, to the tune of, you know, roughly six, seven percent. And, you know, as you look at where we're at, last week's numbers essentially created the highest weekly slaughter since 1986 and if we all can go back and remember that was the year of the whole herd buyout Ah. so there are a lot of cows that are finding their way to shackle space at processing facilities and that's part of why we're starting to turn the corner here a little bit in price we move from being very heavy on milk and spot loads being everywhere and selling for six to ten dollars under class price to now dairy